0: But what I remember most, and it really helps seeing you know, on the highlight tape was when the defense was out there, you know, you would always have the coaches and everybody spread out. The offense is right there next to the coaches and we're screaming at the defense. And then if you look at the offense, the defense is right there on the sidelines screaming at the offense. And I'll never forget in certain games, whether it was 96, more towards 97 is when we would sustain a long drive and just wearing out the team. Like I could look to the bench and there's, always at least one person standing on the bench and that's Nate List. And he'd just be standing there watching as a fan, just watching us just go and just, you know, and it was just those sort of things where we really, I think, came together as a team and a program in 96. And yes, it helps winning two championships that year, but we all started coming together, believing in each other, knowing each other's strengths. And you know, it was really nice to have a one A, one A back with Archie and Ralph, you know, um Ty Ali made the transition from defense over to fullback. So, I mean, we, we were putting in the right pieces in the place. You know, we had, um, uh, you know, Rob was making that transition to tight end. You know, we had Joe Parlett waiting in the wings at someone we'd never heard of before, Amon Harad, six foot six, 240. You know, he was waiting in the wings to slowly circle out of out. nowhere.
1: Just comes <laughs> in out of nowhere.
0: He came in as a wide receiver, and it's just like he didn't fit. And then he, they said, this kid is too athletic. We put him at tight end. He's going to destroy everybody. And then in 97, he made that jump into tight end. And 97 was also the year he walked onto the basketball team and made it. And that just shows you what kind of athlete Amon Harad was. So, but yeah, it's just <clears throat> in 96, I felt that we started really, you know, coming together. That first game against Butler at home, we destroyed everybody. And, you know, and... You know, then we get to Dayton, unfortunate circumstances where, you know, number one versus number two, we thought we had him finally, or, you know, at their place and it's packed and it's like almost 10,000 there. Thought we had him and, you know, just a few minor, I think, mental mistakes here and there and we just couldn't overcome it. But, um, yeah, it was, it was an unbelievable season where I've never felt so close to a group of guys in a sport before. And, um. Not, not just offense, right? Not just Newman, my roommate, not just Kookie and things like that, but you know, God, it, like, being able to crack jokes with the Stuff I used to be able to say with Dante Payne and we would laugh about it for days. You know, Wesley Johnson, Dunn. And we were, there was no, yeah, in the locker room, there was an offensive side and defensive side, but we were all just one big fraternity of friends and brothers and you know, it, it was just a great time.
1: Yeah, man, I, and I'll say it, man, it, it's some teams that can talk about it, fake it, you know, talk about it in theory, but in, it, when it's in practice, man, you know, when it's put, put in practice and you can see it, you know, and I think you did a good job of describing the culture of the team, man, again, just folks from all different uh, backgrounds, man, from all over the country, man, and us learning each other and, and figuring this thing out and everybody knowing their roles. You know, we were competitors. You know, I talk about mm-hmm. practice, man. What, so, yeah, let's talk about practice. Because I, I was talking about, uh, I can't <laughs> remember who I, was, who I specifically was talking to recently about watching, like, The Last Dance and listening to championship teams. So, uh, uh, just to give you some uh, something to think about. So, Last Dance, listening to Kobe Bryant and reading Phil Jackson's 11 Rings book. But also listening to the 1987's Miami Hurricanes National Championship with head coach Robert Morris University, current head coach. You coach know, Clark, uh, yep. so shout out to uh, Coach Tiger Clark. But hearing him talking about as an MVP, but listening to those guys and it really, it, it, to me, it almost feel like a continuation or an extension of what I'm currently doing with this. And I hope to do what, what they did as far as having all of us on, you know, having a whole starting O-line on on, <laughs> on the show. And so, so uh, you know, that's, that's the next phase. But you know uh yeah that's that's what we was about man is, is that coming together and playing and learning each other and, and and that's why we won man it's the culture it was created again competitors man but so let's talk about 9 on 7 man so yeah practice is supposed to be the hardest that's what jordan said in last dance that's what you know uh uh, uh the national championship for the Miami Hurricanes 1987 so for us, nine on seven, when we did have to go live, man, mm-hmm. I think about some of the competition. So yeah, think about like, what, what, what do you think separated us from other teams, let's say from the NEC, relates to just how practice was ran, NFL practice and those drills in particular.
0: Yeah, I mean, we, we did drills, you know, when I look at it back like this, first started with the offensive line, we never hit the sled never and you go to high schools you go to colleges big colleges they'll hit that seven man sled we never hit that we did shield work and it was more about footwork hand placement and technique because we knew that we weren't going to be the biggest strongest people out there we are not earth movers as they like to call offensive linemen so we would just really just work on technique a lot so you had to use that practice time to get yourself better footwork hand placement working to finish your blocks not necessarily the pancakes, but just keep going. Then you burn into, do you remember this mirror drill? Yes, sir. Mirror drill. Like we would do, so <laughs> mirror drill, we sucked at as offensive linemen. We would have to headbutt. And so Rad came up with the ingenious thing that the rabbit wore the helmet and the offensive player did not. So there'd be guys with heads busted open because they're headbutting, leading with their head. Addy put us off to that real quick because guys are getting concussions left and right. But that taught you to keep your head out of it. And then we progressed with, recovery drills, learning how to recover when someone tries to pull your jersey, push-pull drills, things like that. So we weren't killing each other. We were doing so much technique, just like how the offense, the wide receivers, they're going over, If this guy's here, you run this route and things like that. So, you know, and then I look over on the defense, right? I mean, I'm not going the whole entire time. You guys are doing, you know, cut drills, right? I've never seen that before. And look how great that was when we went against a lot of option teams. Look how much Dayton loved to cut you guys. but you guys would get give ground a little bit knock those cut guys down and go up and you know hit the quarterback or hit the running back for a minimal game you know and if they didn't team still get cut today um but nine on seven as a player you have to know when to flip the switch and i've told my daughter Mm -hmm. this when i've coached her is that as a player you can be good at practice and you can be good in games but you're never always going to be good all the time but you have to know at the right time when to flip that switch that competitive switch and when we would hear something like you look over and it's like i see spencer there i see newman or i see list there i see you know hendershot meat i'm like shit here comes the first, all right step it up guys here we go let's see what we got and you know it was always a good test how good are we getting and yeah i mean those brief moments where you just have to flip the switch saying all right it's, it's game time now and learn to put your hand in the dirt and go and they're really competitive and you know and it also showed the younger guys what it took to compete against one versus one. You know, they sometimes see, hey, we're taking a little bit easy here because we're offense, right? We're trying to be more sophisticated on how we're practicing. It's not about just smashing heads. Rad, you know, your guys' big things was always like pursuit drill and making sure in certain motions in certain situations. If Wagner or St. Francis or whoever the hell was playing, goes in this motion or lines up here, what is your guys checks? And all 11 had to be on the same page, not just dunk calling something to the list. And then it even's like, everybody in a split second had to be on the same page. And then that was the big difference in arts type of practices. It was so incredibly mental to make sure that we had that advantage over everybody in the split second. And I know we'll get into it here about the Georgetown game and how unfair it was when we played Georgetown. Cause I know the defense knew what we were doing, but guess what I knew as the offensive lineman, their coverage, every single fucking play. So I'll get into that here in a second, but that can be down the road. But yeah, that, that was the big thing. When we would go nine on seven or coach Walton, at magical time would blow the whistle and say it's live. And then it's like, all right, everybody get off. First versus first, here we go. And it's like in the middle of the field, it's like let's see who got it. And it's like, you know, and I still remember that, you know, and I think it was 96. And I, I love to remind Roach about this all the time. I love to remind Moach. I come pulling around from right guard to the left and I'm leading up. Someone's behind me might have been arching someone. And the only person between like arching and a touchdown is Roach and me. I remember I just ran right over Roach as hard as I could. It <laughs> just everybody in films was killing them for it and things like that. But he's like, someone had to step up and try to knock out Cleary, but and that was a competitive fun, right? Nothing ever lingered over into the locker room, nothing. If people got into a skirmish, it stopped. We, we all go to lunch together, you know, you know, people taking the showers, goofing around, throwing soap at each other, having fun. Like, it was just, it was a big family. But We learned pretty quickly in 96 how to turn that switch to go really hard against each other.
1: Yes, sir, man. So any any uh, games in 96 stand out to you in particular before Dayton? We can't get it. I mean, excuse me, not before Duquesne. Oh. Any, any game, <laughs> any game except Duquesne <laughs> that stood out to you. Um,
0: just trying to see here, God. Let me just,
1: I got to look at the schedule. I'm sorry. Let me just see what. Oh, no, no, no.
0: Oh, no, yeah. oh okay. So, um, oh, man. Oh, that was a really good one. So yeah, I'm gonna say after 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 Dayton, we played Monmouth at home. Now Mammoth started football a year before us. Monmouth was picked to win the conference the first year, and I just remember we beat them 43 to six. I had to look it up, and I'm like, there was a really good game there. And the reason why I remember it was is that we just destroyed them. They were all seniors. We were, they were supposed to be really really good, and then we just kicked the butt, the the shit out of them. I don't care if they get sleep yeah, or not. But the one play I remember, the last touchdown that was scored, there was a sack on the play. I don't know who hit it. It might have been you. It might have been Spencer. It might have been Man like I don't know. That quarterback was running for his life the whole entire game. All I know is little Mark Baldino picked up that ball against his hometown team because he's from Jersey. And he's in the end zone. It's like little Danny DeVito out there. Picks up the ball. He's at the five-yard line. He has the ball up in the air. And he scores. And they drag him down. It turns into a brawl because he is... Excited! Everybody's jumping on him. And just little Mark Baldino, who was so tough to block. So incredibly hard to block.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I just remember him,
0: that game, I'm like, we've, we've arrived. We, we we destroyed the team that was supposed to win the conference team, the inaugural NEC title. And we just destroyed them at home. After a tough loss at date, this is how we rebound. We, we beat them 43-6. It was the most points we scored all year. Now, defense had a lot of... Place around that Baldino's touchdown right. and things like that, sacks, stripped sacks, things like that. You guys were terrors, but you know, Archie played well. Freddie, yeah, everybody, everybody had their part. But that's the one game that stood out. Prior to um, Duquesne, you know, uh, that's a whole another story. Duquesne.
1: Whew. Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> that mom, mama, that mama's game. I did have a sack, man. That was a lot of fun. Oh, that was so much fun that game, man. Nasty, yo, man. Okay that was a nasty muddy game man absolutely nasty so mm-hmm. we know we we were lied to brother we we didn't get the stadium when it was supposed to happen and all that <laughs> oh i know, you know
0: Shit, yeah. shout
1: out shout out to dave harper you know what i'm saying who uh, i'll say the greatest uh recruiter in robert moore's history you know is it, dave harper hands down i gotta give him salute to him because he is But, man, there was also the other side of it, which was playing at Moon. And I just remember there was always this informal saying, like, man, we don't lose at Moon, man. We don't lose at Moon, man. Talk about Moon Stadium, how raggedy it was by toward the end of the year. But, yeah, just just talk about Moon, man, and playing there. So, I mean, playing at a
0: high school, you also had to deal with a high school team playing on Friday nights. We played Saturday afternoon, so if it rained Friday night, our field was destroyed. There's no time for repair carrot. Then they did other sports, soccer, things like that. So, you know, we had to pay a fee to play on it. But, hey, you know what? It was still, I felt like a home stadium for me. It was a bigger stadium than my high school stadium. It was a lot of fun. Um, We, to, to tell the people the journey of how you went. So, you got dressed in our all yellow stainless steel lockers at John Jay. Got dressed. You just took your sort of shoulder pads and helmets. And then we went to the visiting locker room. We didn't even get the home locker room. The visiting team got the bigger, nicer home locker room. We got these little bitty, two little areas for a locker. So what it was is, and Mo, you can laugh about this because you were right there with us. <laughs> I'd, I'd come out. I'd have sleeveless shirts on, a tassel cap on or whatever. I didn't care if it was 10 degrees outside and snowing. I'd come out mm-hmm. in the same stuff. Didn't bother me we throw our stuff down and we go out there. Everybody. So we, you know, the kickers, they're trying to fill the field out. Newman's throwing a ball around, not the game ball. You know, everybody's getting loose. Lyman, offensive, defensive lineman, we're doing throwing contests. We're running patterns. We're trying to punt the ball to see if we can get inside the five-yard line like <laughs> and people are probably wondering, like what are these maniacs doing but this is what yeah. the beauty of walton was is he knew that certain players had certain ways to get themselves ready just like in the nfl some guys listen to music some guys maybe work out run stretch and other guys just sort of goof around so they just let us go and that was our sort of mo if you will that we would just do it's like we linemen would get a ball we'd start throwing passes to each other running one-on-ones we we'd have throwing contests that Mo would always win that you know <laughs> we start at the you know inside the 40 throw it to the end zone then people throw it back we back up to the 50 throw it and then uh, I see, you know Mo's on the other 40 throwing it well into the end zone and what? we're like what is going on here like we could barely get it and Mo's throwing it out of the back of the end zone like you know he's throwing it like 60 yards with ease and we're like what is going on here then, and that's how we warmed up and then you get out there and it's like Man, don't step in that hole because if you do, you're going to break your ankle because it's frozen right there. And it's like, watch that. You know? And man, it's just like, no, man, yeah. and I just, you know, I just remember it's like, it was just so refreshing now, you know, calling the games now and seeing the players and they look all clean and pretty versus us, we'd be dirty and mud in your face and just covered. And, you know, to me, that was always football. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'd always feel bad for Moon after the season because they'd have to redo their field every single year just because we would end up destroying it. There was countless games. I'm sure that you can recall too, that we played in downpours and mud and snow and just be mud bowls the entire time where you couldn't move. You put your hand down and your, hand, your
1: fingers disappear. Yeah.
0: And you know, you couldn't move anywhere. So. You and, know, one was, of the
1: thing that I loved about it, man, was that, you know, it, it's one thing I loved about our offense, especially our senior year, was, you know, knowing that when Archie and Ralph ran for 100 yards, man, like the, the odds of winning was just, you know, was was astounding. So just why, especially late in the year, because football, it, though I'm a Miami, I tell people this all the time, though I'm a Miami kid, my favorite games have all been 32 degrees or colder. And, uh, you know, or at least, let me say 40 degrees and colder, 40 degrees and colder. And I used to love tackling guys when they got laid in the ear and tell them, I'm from Miami. I don't know nothing about this cold weather, you know? And so, yeah, man, that but that mud, man, and, and that running game and watching Archie and Ralph and, you know, the running backs do their thing, man, where everybody's slipping and sliding, but, you know, knowing where to go and where to go and what to do, what places and part of the field, running what plays in certain parts. And, you know, that was always a beautiful thing to watch y'all, especially O-line. Oh, Lord. It used to be so much fun watching y'all toward the end of the season, you know, getting that groove, getting in that mud and, uh, uh, you know, getting it dirty, man, doing y'all thing, clearing that path, man. So, yeah, shout out to Moon Stadium, man. (laughs) Yes, sir. So, uh, man, so let's go ahead, man, and get into the game, man. So, Duquesne. Yes. You know, the build up, man. Uh, uh, We talking (laughs) about the, the rivalry. I'm new. I don't know nothing about this rivalry, but man, the energy was absolutely crazy. It was so cool to watch the local guys, PA guys, the Pittsburgh guys, and 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 how much you know the build-up, man. Really, but man, I just I remember getting to the stadium. I remember us out there, like you said, getting loosened up on that turf. I remember looking at. You know, them doing the same thing with the nice uniforms, everybody had on the mat the same Nikes. You know, I'm looking at Diotis with his Converse on. I'm looking at I'm looking at you with your right nails on. And you know, we we look like the bad news bears times two. Yeah. But 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 the energy, the swag was just oh, the energy was so amazing, man. But yeah, man, let's talk about the game. What do you remember about the bowl game, man? And uh yeah, from, from the start. What do you remember?
0: So I remember just the buildup, right? They, the press called it the Battle of the Bird. Um, <clears throat> you know, we played Duquesne in 94, beat them. We played in 95 at a night game at their places, a Tim Hall game. We beat them again. And then we fast forward to 1996. Now, Duquesne at that time had the nation's longest winning streak in college football. It was 19 games. The last time they lost was to Robert Morris in 1995. So now they're riding high. They got a really good team, and then now they're facing us at their place. They're undefeated, and <clears throat> I just remember like we don't lose to Duquesne, you know. We 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 don't lose to that team at all. I still don't like to lose to Duquesne. I don't care. Um, so I just you know, I, I remember getting dressed for it. I remember you know they would have patent goes down there for so <clears throat> the quarterbacks would. What Patton goes was like, they'd have a quarterback at the 40 quarterback at the end zone. And they, and everybody else would sort of run like little easy go patterns and quarterbacks would just loosen up their arms and throw it. And everybody would just catch the ball and things like that. Well, after Patton goes would come the lineman. So I just remember, you know, I would always try to leave the lineman out um, during that time. And always the first person that would meet me would be Nate list. Cause he didn't care about, you know, Patton goes, he would just wait for us to come out there. Now, Duquesne had a different type of stretching where the middle of the field would be open. They had like sort of two areas, not like us, where we take in. I know the people can't see my hands, but it would be from the Robert Morris stretch from like the end zone up to the 40, all the way up taking the entire field. Duquesne went from like hash to hash. They went from the sort of like the hash to the sideline and the middle of the field was open for the coaches to walk. And I just remember the ref coming up to me going, Cleary, listen, you go this way. You go along the side. You run around them. You do not run through them. And I'm like, okay, I got it. No problem. We're, we're this, this way. And I'm like, I'm play, playing dumb. I'm like, go this way, right towards our sidelines. We don't go to their sidelines. We go to our sidelines. He's like, yep. And they're like, okay, I got it. I'm like, I'm just waiting. We, we go at this mark. He's like, all right. So he took off. And I see Nate List up there at the 50 yard line. And he's getting, you know, he's looking at me and he's starting to get hype. I'm like, let's go. I run right through the fucking middle. <laughs> and just like, all you hear is this going like, yeah. Like, we all turn into Dante Payne. Yeah, what do you got, Payne? You <laughs> And just, like, their coach is like, get out of here, punks, Like, punks. Uh. And then just, like, we need it to 50. And then, because I'm hyped, because I know what the first play is. I know what the first play of the game is. It's a middle screen to Freddie Parker. I get to release, and I hit the first person I see. I'm like, oh, here we go. So we do the first play. That, you know, we, we get the toss. We get the first play of the game. I block my guy for a little bit. He does a spin move. I push him to the inside. I release. I look to the outside. I'm like, oh, I see you. And I just run out of it. And he just, for some reason, this guy turns his shoulders and I just hit him with everything I have. And all I hear, and I'm on the ground. I don't know what's going on. All I hear is, oh, and, you know, Freddie just busts like a 50-yard gain on the first play of the game. I'm like, oh, and then here comes Archie. And Archie starts going off. And then I'm like, 7 nothing us. I'm like, oh, boy, Duquesne's in for a long day. Yeah. Hey, Claire, let
1: me tell you, from my vantage point, that first play was beautiful
0: if Freddie Y'all, didn't get tripped out by the safety he would have scored yeah, he almost yeah, lost yeah. his balance he's trying to keep his balance but if he would have that guy didn't just trip him up he would have scored on the first play of the game
1: oh yeah he balled that game but yeah yo, yo that outside release i really i vividly remember that play i we re- remember that again defense we all on the sideline we we loving this, and yeah, oh, that was
0: beautiful. Yeah, I mean, how many t- how many times in Robert Moore's history did Robert Moore's football offense take the opening drive and score a touchdown? You guys are like, oh my God, this is amazing! These guys oh, did yeah. it finally. Statement. They scored on the first possession, so right. Like, you know, and then Archie, Archie scores. He does his little Archie dance. Yeah, you know? little like,
1: shimmy. Yeah, he does his little that.
0: shimmy. Let them know. I'm like, oh shit, here we go. Archie, settle down. Like, it's the first series. Don't get a penalty. Yeah, and then, man. then here comes the defense, right? You know, they had a very good offense. You know, my buddy was playing quarterback and, you know, and shout out to Dr. Mo Baptiste with the very organic celebration you did, you know, with the, <laughs> with the inside move of that tackle who had no, I don't even think he got his hand off the ground. You were so fast. And then you got into the backfield. Now it, it was a tackle for loss, right? Or was it a sack?
1: No, it was a tackle for loss. The tackle for loss. So
0: it was like the running back just got the ball, and then he tried to sidestep you, and you tripped him up, and then you did the natural brought your feet hands together at the same time, brought them together, and that was and it. Was just so organic. It was just a natural thing you just did, and boom, and then it was like here we go, and then like it was just after that our defensive line, and that's where I got to give a lot of credit, you know, because we lost Yoda's Powell that game, you know, Freddie had a great game. Archie had a great game. Ralph had some big runs too as well. But really, I think what won us that game was the penetration of our defensive line, playing in the backfield, forcing their running backs to go north and south. I mean, excuse me, east and west versus north and south. I mean, that fourth down stop, Meat just bowled in through. I mean, how do you block Meat? Come on. You can't block Meat. You can't block him. I mean, he just pushed everybody over and he should have had a touchdown. Meat should have had
1: a touchdown that game. He should have. Yeah, they 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 stole that. They stole
0: stole that touchdown. That would have been the biggest celebration
1: ever. Yeah, it would have, been Definitely. Hey, I'm going to tell you about that play, though, man, on that tackle. You know, Gardner started the game. I didn't start. I had finally got in the game. And I knew, and I'm going to tell you, because of the crowd, I knew once I got in the game, I was going to make that play. And the guy, I'm going to tell you exactly, when I got in my three-point stance, I, I, I picked up on the cadence of your boy. Yep, And from from the sidelines From watching So I I was able to get in Because that that tackle didn't have a chance So I lined my face mask With that running back And what I wanted was to hear The loudest collision (laughs) So when he got up I wanted y'all to hear that Ooh! And if you watch the tape You'll actually see I launched right into him He took a We made eye contact And he at the last second He did this little shuffle step and I snatched them out the air and, and brought them down. But I'm telling you, I wanted to make a statement, that tackle. <laughs> and the celebration, like you said, was so organic. I was such in a spiritual place, trying to be, you know, connect with God, religion, etc. I had crosses all over me, you know what I'm saying? Really into the church. And I just remember that was just a natural thing to do, man. And, and just a blessing on that plate. I said, I finally got in. And that was my natural celebration, man. Not playing. Yeah, it just happened, man. Just I happened. mean, it's it's a
0: it's a great highlight on that highlight tape, and then you know, yeah. I mean, even like Rob Fraser, that did so much for the program, that you know he was doing well on tight end delays, and just you know, Rob was big and strong, and he was fast when he was you know, healthy, but that back injury just hurt him so much. And then, but he was just moving people around and then Ty Ali was on his fullback and just everything that everybody was doing. And I, and I just remember, you know, you said something that's, I was sure a story of how you said, I like to keep things very light with the team. And there's mistakes that's always made with the offensive line, right? We hold every single play. We just don't get called. I know that. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> um, <clears throat> but you know, you know, the was out, um, you know, Mike Corgus was in, you know, he's a backup the whole time, his first game, you know, he's barely like six foot, you know, and it's a bowl game. Like, what do I do? And, you know, we were making mistakes and things like that. And I just remember like cracking a joke, you know, to everybody, you know, there's a timeout or whatever, we're waiting for a play and I'm just cracking jokes, trying to keep everybody light and just, you know, you know, enjoy the moment sort of a thing. Like, it, it's okay. Like, so you got a holding call, you jumped off sides like your cares, like, just, just keep going forward. Like, just keep going and things like that. And I just remember like Duquesne started figuring this out a little bit. Duquesne started blitzing a lot more, taking a lot of risks and we were being a little bit more conservative, right? We would throw little small passes to Delante, Freddie P with some big catches, but we started to get a little conservative too much, I think. And then it put the defense in a bad position, but shout out to Nate List and everybody else. Freddie P was, you know, timely sacks and things like that, you know, and then finally we were able to pull it out at the end and, um, you know, it's the first time. I mean, yeah, we won the NEC title um, at St. Francis. On a blocked field goal, a lot of people say it's Justin Martin, and it was really Jason Spencer that blocked it. But um, <clears throat> it was that was the first time I ever had that championship feeling. Right, everybody celebrating, everybody going crazy, and I can't. I I could see him. I think his name. He was an offensive lineman, maybe. He might have started, and I don't know if he came from Timber or not. His name is Eugene. I don't know Eugene if they used to... right black, black. I was about to say I didn't want to be that guy that said they used to call Yo, him black. Yeah, black. That's racist. Like yeah, black. Yeah, I remember black because yeah. he he was just waving the flag in front yep. of everybody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah right. he grabbed that's the flag right. from he grabbed the flag from the cheerleaders and everything, and he just went to yep. the came. he started yep. waving the flag. Yep. right in the middle. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, and was like, "Black, what are you doing?" He's like, "This is what we do." You know, let right. them know.
1: I'm like, he, he. That's Miami. He had to bring yeah. that Miami baby. Shout out to Eugene Wright, man. <laughs> yeah, but that's man. that's
0: the little stuff I can't forget. Right? I can't remember to pick up bread at the grocery store, but I remember Black waving a flag after the game we right. won. You know, that's just stupid stuff like that. But yeah, I just I remember winning it. Newman winning the MVP. Um, and it could have gone to a, a slew of different people, right? Um, that game, but it was just an amazing experience, my first ever real felt championship experience, and what a great way going 9-2 and two to really launch the program.
1: Yeah, so, so the Duquesne quarterback, what's your relationship?
0: So, his name is Dave Loya. Um, we knew each other probably all through high school, and really our senior years, we became really close friends. Um, Dave, myself, and his running back, Nina D'Amatico, who went to play in the Patriot League, uh, we were all good friends together just hanging out and by the time we got done with football we started hanging out together you know going out to eat just being guys like just and um <clears throat> he went to duquesne i went to robert morris it was big write-ups about us because he was like the number one quarterback because we played in the same conference he was like the number one quarterback i was like the number two quarterback or number three quarterback whatever but you know he won you know his junior year he had a talented team he won the district he was very good and all this different stuff. But I mean, we've always stayed in touch. We've always, you know, goofed around and, and communicated and stuff like that. So, I always reminds him, like, hey, I never beat you in high school, but you never beat me in college. And yeah. it was always, it's still to this day I see him. It's always a running joke, and he hates it. He hates it. He hates <laughs> Robert Morris with a passion. But he always talks about how good the defense was. He's like, yeah. he couldn't do anything against your defense. You know, and shout out to, you know, and, and I know that you made a big play. Uh, Baldino made big plays. CC in the middle with meat. You know, Manilak with unbelievable sacks. He always seemed oh, to have yeah. multiple sacks against Duquesne. List done with interceptions. But the person that saved the game for us, Kelly Pierre. Now let's, yeah, let's review. Yes, let's, you let's, know it. Say it. Let's, tell it. Tell it. Let's, let's review this now. Now this, this is peeling back the layers of Robert Morris football that a lot of people don't understand. And I'm going to tell some hard stories right now. All the way up leading to that Duquesne game, Wesley Johnson, who's a brother to all of us, <clears throat> was a starting three-year defensive back from Largo, same place as me. They brought that swag, right? Shorts, the Timberland boots, the junkyard, yep. beats, things like that. Yep. The go-go music, yep. right? We used to play yes, in the locker. And we're like, what is this stuff? And it was amazing. <laughs> I yep. still talk to those guys, you know, I still talk to these guys that I recruited about go-go music, you know, where's the junkyard playing at? Things like that. It's funny. So Wesley got in trouble leading to the Duquesne game. Was suspended, was actually removed from the team. Now, Wesley was one of the guys that would lead us in cheers. And I remember that we just lost one of our starting defensive backs. Inter Kelly Pierre. Now, I remember as we're stretching, Wesley, who could have walked away from us, who could have left us forever, was at the game, in the stands, doing his cheers for us, crying because he can't be out there with us. And we responded to him because he was a brother of ours. We didn't judge him no. of what happened. We, we, we loved him, still love him to this day. And then Kelly Pierre's turn. Duquesne's driving down the field, going against their number one wide receiver. One-on-one Kelly Pierre had maybe less than a week to practice to get ready, thrusted it into it. Unbelievable speed. Coverage skills, good. A little shaky at times. Kelly Pierre turns at the right time, tips the ball up in the air, With his off hands and intercepts the ball saving a touchdown in a very close game at that time in the end zone in the end zone and and wanted to return it he took off because he was fast but he he didn't know what to do he had the ball (laughs) out here like (laughs) like a loaf of bread (laughs) he didn't know what to do but possibly the unspoken play of the game was kelly pierre making that interception and shout out to him and what he had to step into right a player's role that was there for three years, a leader on the defense who made one mistake, unfortunately, and then cost him his season and his career. And then, you know, enter Kelly Pierre, who was one of the key players on defense to save the game, if not the play of the game for us.
1: I, I'm going for defense. I'm gonna say play of the game for sure, and I'm gonna continue to say every time Wes Johnson name come up, shout out to our brother. Wes yep. Johnson, we still love you, brother. Respect for you. You are still one of the coolest dudes Dog. I ever met. Uh, uh, <laughs> I remember when we first met, man, and you know you you embraced me like a brother initially, right off the back. And uh, you were absolute a uh, uh, leader on the team, and we want you to know that. And I hope we yep. get you on, brother. So we love and respect, brother, for sure, man. But yeah, Kelly Pierre, shout out to my brother, my Haitian brethren who stuck his hand out he stuck that Haitian peaky out and, <laughs> and the ball and the ball just popped out man and that, well, that was a hell of a play man
0: it's funny that you say that you know you're your Haitian brother and things like that you know and so i want you to say something to me in Haitian that you would say to Kelly go
1: something I creole yeah yeah creole uh 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 uh, uh shit what the f- no you got to me <laughs> something to say dude tell me something to say or give me a just say just
0: say just say, say you know have a good day. Uh,
1: okay. I would say, uh, uh, Kelly, uh, uh,
0: So, as those that are listening to that hear that, I hear Mo and Kelly talking like that. And being that we were so open as a team, I didn't know what they were saying. So, Mo actually started talking to me about his culture. And that is how they would talk with those in that culture, because that is just how they identified with, you know, their culture, their lifestyle, and things and not, and not in a negative way. And I was just so interested. I'm like, wow. I was like, is that French? Is that this? Is that-? No, it's not, it's, 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 it's how we talk. And it was just, it was so magical because it was just, you hear people from different backgrounds that communicate to each other, and it's not saying stupid slangs to each other and things like that. It's just a beautiful language of your upbringing that you're able to communicate to someone like Kelly. You know that you know. It, it, it just reminded me when you said that, my agent brother, and I was like, wait a minute, I remember that story where I remember going up to you two and you guys were just talking, it just like a normal conversation, and I'm like, wait, what are you saying to each other? And it's just <laughs> how open we were to each other. You. We could right. say that to each other and no one was ever judged. It was just, I'm just interested to learn about it. So it was just, sorry, I didn't mean to derail. It was just funny that you oh, said no, that. It, no. just took me, it took me back to that that time.
1: Oh yeah, man, we got me, me and Kelly uh, was uh, doing the Duquesne game. We spoke Creole to each other.
0: Oh, know, poor white kids, kids <laughs> oh, Those poor white kids at <laughs> Duquesne probably didn't know what the hell's going on. we
1: are speaking tongues. Right, during the, yeah, <laughs> yeah, man, during the game. Yeah, during the game, we would, you know, he'll tell me something that he'll see. I'll tell him something i see. I'll tell him, watch out for this. He'll tell me, watch out for that. So, during the Duquesne game, we did speak Creole to each other. That's awesome. Yeah, man. So, now, did your boy make it to the Duquesne Hall of Fame?
0: Um, He might have. I think he did. I think he did. Yeah. Because
1: yeah. I just remember, man, and, and I'm going to tell you what I remember about him, man. I remember the swag, boy. He. I remember there was an option play that he it was, I think it might have been on the third yard line. They ran like an option, and he high-stepped in, man. He pulled the ball out we crashed on the running back so he tucked it in man and he high stepped i remember his shoes being stacked up the nike's uh, and i'm just like oh he clean uniform mm-hmm. was immaculate yo yeah man and I, I i did get a nice little hit on him man i, I that 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 was fun i cuz I, I he he was good man i'm gonna yeah. tell you he he was uh, uh, one of the best quarterbacks I can say we definitely went up against for sure. You know what I'm saying? And I knew I, – I I did get a hit on him, but I I I knew that, like, if he got going, if he, if he really got going, we would have been in trouble. Oh, yeah. Without our pressure, man lack, man, Baldino was unblockable that game.
0: You can't block Baldino.
1: Unblockable. No, cannot. You know, cannot. You know, I remember people – do the uh, Dino from uh, Flintstone sound yeah. when get out
0: there. <laughs> oh, yeah, Dino.
1: man. Shout out to Mark Baldino, man. Unblockable, man. But, yeah, so Duquesne, we win that game, man. And uh, going into our senior year, uh, yep. now it's 1997, you know, expectations against the how can we do it again? That was the, you know, we got the ring, you know. The question now was can we do it again? And so, uh, you know, we start off pretty good, uh, uh, lose some games that pretty close that we all feel that we shouldn't have win and, and uh, you know, should not have won. I mean, should not have lost. And, and yep. um, you know, and we lost at some bad times of the season as well, winning, uh, losing late. But what do you remember from our senior year, man, going in?
0: Well, just talking personally, like, so I had my fourth offensive line coach during my career. Mm. So every year I had a different offensive line coach. So this time I had Tiger Walton as my offensive line coach, so um, so uh, former quarterback trying to coach offensive line. So, you know, now we had, you know, Hank at left tackle. They moved me back at the right tackle, um, Kuki and Thurman. And then we had a, a right guard, you know, that was a freshman. But, you know, all the pieces were in place. You know, we had returning starters everywhere. We had experience everywhere. So it was just about reloading at that time and just being even better. But you're right. We, we lost games we probably shouldn't have lost. Um, you know, we lost that tough game at home against Dayton, we lost that BS, we didn't really play that well against Mercyhurst and you know, it was just blood and then we lost that shootout of a Wagner, which sucked, but you know, it didn't, it didn't kill us. You know, we were able to still make it to the bowl game. Um, but you know, the, the, some memorable things that I remember from 97 is I remember we're playing St. Francis at home. It's our senior day. You know, we had that picture with Robin Cole afterwards. Um, And I remember, you know, Coach Walton saying to us, hey, you, I I haven't said anything you haven't heard before. So I'm going to have someone else tell you something different. And then he opened the door into the defensive locker room. And he said, Joe, you want to come in here? And here comes Joe Theismann. Joe Theismann was working for ESPN on Monday Night Football. So he was there for the Steelers game. And I'm sitting in the back. I'm like, oh, great. We got a celebrity. Great. My last game, you know, the biggest thing was, certain players decided to go white boy. What was white boy? We decided not to wear shirt under our Jersey.
1: I'm so glad you told that story. Cause if you didn't, I was, but go ahead. <laughs> so it was like, it was like, as we're
0: getting dressed, everyone's like, you know, and I think it was Whaley that came up to me going, Hey, we're going white boy. I'm like, what the and white boy, what are you talking about? They're like, we're just not going to wear a Jersey or a shirt underneath our pants. So you're going to be naked with everything just on you. I'm like, I don't plan on playing the entire game. It's cold outside. They're like, come on. I'm like, all right. I'm thinking to myself, like, all right, here we go. And then Joe Tyson comes in and uh, he's talking and he's giving his speech like, you know, he he would to like businessmen, okay? I'm like, "Uh, okay, like, I want to get out there. I want to go play. Let's go. I'm a captain. Like, I want to get out there. Come on. And then he starts going into his story. And I just remember the last thing that always stuck with me. He goes, they took the game away from me. Don't let them take today away from you. I'm like, whoa! I'm headbutting lockers, and all I remember is poor St. Francis. I'm going to destroy somebody, yeah. and it just—I'm out by the third quarter, and you know, it was just—is the perfect storm. And then we we're at—you know—I think we played maybe one more game or C-W yeah, we played Post. At, No, no, CW Post was a junior. We played up at snow remember they had okay, used yeah, the plows. Yeah, yeah, that's
1: right that's right
0: they had to use the plows to take off the snow and then um i think we won a game like 20 nothing or something like that it was yeah. wasn't our best game um but uh, we still won and then we got ready for the bowl game at georgetown
1: gotcha yeah man i, I I'm, I'm thinking about a uh, um uh, you mentioned what game was that you just mentioned the game that, that that just popped in my head that that i'm drawing a blank right now about uh, golly, too many concussions, bro. But <laughs> uh, yeah, our, our senior year, man, w- was was interesting. I oh, first and foremost, Manalak didn't come back, and a shout out yeah. to Dr. Fred Manalak, who I'm interviewing in two hours. That's Ooh. gonna be a lot of fun, man. Yeah, boy, I got both of y'all in one day. I said, yeah, this is gonna be a good day. <laughs> but yeah, man, Manilak not coming back was was uh, interesting for me on defense. Is moving to outside was not looking forward to that. But yeah, I, I, I our senior year man was dope. Uh that Mercy game, I remember man, oh man. Them linebackers cause they were doing the running the underneath, you know, that that one uh weak spot of the offense yep. that Walton used to hate defense do, but yeah, uh, so we, uh, we
0: we we pull we do so we do power so that the center would block back and the left guard the right guard would pull. So to easily beat that <laughs> is to have a linebacker play a little bit close to the line. And just as soon as you see that blockback, it's just run through. So their linebacker was really good. And that's all he did was, yep. if he saw a blockback just run through. It's like a run blitz through. And he destroyed the play every single time. And Walton would hate that. Damn. So yep. we, we finally started making some adjustments. And then, but it was too late after that.
1: Yeah, I remember just that guy going through and hitting Ar- uh, Archie. And I just, he was... Killing Archie. Yeah. That's when that's when I knew how tough Archie was was that Mercy game. Cause he was getting it for. Yeah, man. But yeah, man, let's go and shoot. Let's go to the bowl game. Hey, hey, before uh, we get to the bowl game, just give me one second. go, go go. Go ahead. Yeah. Are you there? Yeah, dude. <laughs> I got. I got a. I. Hey, I'm, I'm gonna. Go, I'm gonna put the this in the recording. I got a pee so bad, bro. But I, I'm just sucking it up. Uh, my, my, my bottle is empty, so all this is empty. I, I'm, I'm struggling right now, but I, I've learned to suck it up, bro. Suck it up.
0: So Georgetown Hoyas, remember they were the swag back in the day. Everybody had Hoya
1: gear. Yes, sir, man. I I know I did. You know, I was a big Georgetown fan and didn't know they had a football team. But that uh, uh and I remember this back up though. It was really tense when us trying to figure out and learn that if we was gonna be chosen for the bowl game or not. I don't know if you remember that because uh we had lost late and um you know, but we luckily got picked up. But what do you remember about that?
0: So I remember, you know, and it wasn't till I was done playing and into coaching, it was actually Chuck Zimmerman, who is a statistic teacher or professor at Robert Morris, figured out statistically the votes that Robert Morris needed to beat Duquesne because the thing was is they thought because Georgetown and Duquesne played at Duquesne and Duquesne lost to Georgetown um, in a very close game. And I think um, Duquesne only lost like – had a better record than us. We were seven and three. I think they were like nine and two or, or eight and two or something like that. And then Georgetown was undefeated or something like that. So they wanted the NEC team, the NEC champion in there. So Dr. Zimmerman figured out statistically how the conference had a vote. So what they did was, is they voted us number one. If the NEC would have, would have voted us number one for the ECAC bowl, us number one, Georgetown number two, even though they were a higher seat, and Duquesne number three, we would get enough votes to go in. If they would have voted Georgetown, then us, then Duquesne, we would have lost out. So Dr. Zimmerman figured that out statistically and, and shared it with the NEC, and then that's how we were able to get enough votes to get in.
1: That's breaking news, man. Yeah. I, I, that is, that's, that, like, again, just, those little things, man, that that outside of the context of on the field that decide your fate. Yep. Because if we don't get those votes, we don't play this game. But I remember um. the excitement. I remember the gratitude. I remember just like, yo, we, we actually get to do this. Oh, we get to play one more time. One more game. One more game. And we, I remember, you know, preparing, you know, here's the, yes, here's the cool part And speaking of Georgetown and how you knew the whole defense they're running. I remember that 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 scouting uh, um, when listening to Walton uh, uh, listening to Coach Walton talking to you all about the things that they did, mm-hmm. and I remember just Rad saying, "There's no way they do that 100 of the time, do they?" And Walton like 100 percent of the time. If number seven's in the game, they run this. And we were just like, "They they're that predictable, and no one else picked up on this." Yep. And I remember, like you know, yes, we were riding high, yes, we were grateful, but I, I can truly say on both sides of the ball, that team was so out coach It's mm-hmm. terrible. It is. I mean, because yeah. I remember it was so bad that defense. We were on the on a, on the sideline, yelling stuff out to y'all because of what we remember for hearing in practice. Yeah, you know, number seven's in the game. Everybody yelling, number seven's yeah. in the game. Yeah, I remember,
0: man. I remember, I remember pointing at him. So number seven was a safety. So what they would do yep. is they had a starting free safety. They would take out the strong safety, move the free safety, the strong safety, and bring in number seven as free safety. When they did that, they did the same defense over and over again. So I, I mean, if we watched the whole game, I'm over there pointing. Newman's pointing. Everybody's pointing at this kid. We're like, yep. we know exactly what they're going to do. What yep. happens? Archie runs for over 180 plus yards. We had. We knew exactly what to do. I mean, there was times when Newman scrambled, but Newman was rolled to his right and threw a long pass to Delante. Delante caught a long yep. pass for a touchdown. You know, like Ralph said, Luther Lockhart got his first touchdown, and Archie could have well had over 200 yards. And I've shared this before. With, with, with before, <clears throat> we're blocking up the middle. We're having a great time. We're having fun. We're 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 passing people off. We're we're blocking, and Archie's getting tripped up by the safety. So Archie gets up. Does the, the outlaw shuffle? Is what I call it. He does his little shimmy, ah, 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 and then does the first down after like a 25-yard game penalty. So take it all back because of Archie celebrating. I mean, we ended up still scoring. I'm on actually caught the touchdown pass, but it was just like, that was Archie for you. I'm like, ah, oh, here goes Archie. Here here he goes, you know, and it's, <laughs> he, he, he went off. And, you know, it, it took me to listen to Ralph's story to realize I didn't realize Ralph was hurt going into that game, you know, and then <clears throat> having him being able to get at least... That appearance because you know, that was, that was a hometown game for a lot of guys, yeah, yeah. Outside of Townsend, we really didn't play in Maryland too much, mm. you know. So, this was in you know, uh, just talking about like what I remember from the game is I remember playing on that stupid ass roof stadium where there's like 900 people there, you know, we're, we're, we're playing football on top of their athletic facility, and you know, we're doing well, we're up like 21 or 28 7 at half. Whatever the you know score is, and I'm sitting there, and I just remember, you know, everybody's going to the locker room. We really didn't have a locker room. We sat in the hallways of the f- fitness facility talking. We didn't have a locker room, and I just remember like looking at Key Stewart. I'm like, I'm so tired. I am. Exa-. It was the most. It was the most tired I have ever been in the first half of the football game. Like my legs were so sluggish. I'm like, what is going on? Like I'm just dead. And then him and I were just like, what is going on? And we just like two old men. You know, two old men just taking our time, walking across the field, just walking down. Everybody's like, "You guys, all right? We're like, "Yep, yeah, just leave us alone. We're we'll be there. Just we're just sitting there talking, just like sort of taking it all in." Just be like, man, just we only got two more, two more quarters. Let's go, you know. And then, you know, thankfully we got pulled. You know, defense balled out. They had the big running back. You guys just it, they couldn't even block a simple stunt on pass blocking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, dude, you more. guys would do the twist where you guys would come in inside the defensive end and it's like no one's there. And it's like a rush. It's, it's, it's a, I mean, you were outside linebacker there when they had Brad Carrot and Jason Spencer. And it would just be, you know, anytime we would do just even a blitz with a stunt or anything, it was just someone's coming free, at least one or not even two guys coming free. And it was who could get to the quarterback the fastest because it was just they couldn't block anything.
1: Man, I looked up the stats from that game, I knew we beat them. I didn't know we beat them that bad. Oh my God, <laughs> those stats are, oh my yeah. They they you know what I wanna I'm gonna back up real quick, man. Yeah. Cause our junior year, like you said, Hank is on the sideline wearing that poncho, that pink poncho, cause he couldn't get in the game Mercy How good would O line have been? Shout out to Keith Stewart. But how good would O line have been? if Hank could have
0: played that first year? Oh, it, it would have been, it would have been just as good. I don't want to take anything away from cookie but I mean, Hank- was No, wonderful. no, not at all, not at all. Uh, Hank was on a different level, right? Hank was a, a road grader. He was someone that could move people off the line of scrimmage. Cookie was so incredibly finesse and dirty. And sneaky and just you know i mean you can watch highlight tapes in 1996 and you'll see someone flying over the pile for no reason it's just cookie he would just throw himself into the pile for no reason whatsoever just to piss people off and you know he was he was good hank was great i mean if hank was able to get in there then yeah i mean it's hank it would have been a different type of level we I'm not saying that we would have won more games but our running game probably would have been a little bit more devastating and if you look at it i mean Jake put up great numbers in 96, 97, did put up outstanding numbers. He did enough. You know, we really relied on our one-two punch in the running attack, you know, because our offensive line started maturing a little bit. We had guys that have been there for a long time. So, you know, our wide receivers bought into it. So we had good tight ends. So it, it, we made a lot of commitment to the running attack. You know, Walt was able to do his more of his West Coast offense, which relies on play action off of running. You know, we can get the running game going. It does take a little bit of time to get going. But, you know, things were clicking in that Georgetown game. And, um it was a pretty exhausting game, but, you know, it was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, man. Shout out to Kookie again. Uh, yeah. Uh, just know that you've been compared to a guy who played 10 years in the league. <laughs> so, that, that that should feel good. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But, but uh, but yeah, man. So, senior year, man, again, we, we ride off into the sunset. You ride on the defensive bus. Get a little taste of the wildlife. You know what wow. I'm saying? And, uh, uh <laughs> well, I,
0: I remember after that. Georgetown game, you know, I always made it a point, you know, just like having that celebration for the first time is getting that championship trophy. And I remember, you know, them handing it to me, I'm standing there then we all celebrate. We're all jumping on each other. We're celebrating. And then everybody sort of goes their way. Then they present Newman with the MVP. So first time in history, back-to-back ECAC bowl champions, first time, first team to ever do it, you know, with the two time, first time NEC titles, Newman's the first time ever, back-to-back MVPs and I just I I remember that this and because not a lot of guys were up there actually no one was up there and I just remember Jeff Waller and Chris Sheldon was calling the game and Jeff Waller is was doing what I do now which is the color analysis he came down onto the field live and wanted to do the interview so he had Newman there with the MVP trophy he had me with the regular trophy the championship trophy so he interviewed us live on the air about seniors it's all over and things like that and i just remember talking to chris Shovlin live on the air but things like that so as newman's holding his mvp trophy and i'm holding the championship trophy here comes georgetown seniors back on the field watching us being interviewed as they're taking senior pictures with their families and i'm just thinking man this has to suck watching us being interviewed holding their trophies on their field and just you know it is because everybody's already like starting to change finding showers and things like that because it's party time it is party time in that parking lot we had so many people like yeah that drove to that game but there were so many people in that area yeah i just remember it was whew, parted our faces off
1: yeah man beautiful there's, i i have one uh picture somebody took of uh, us walking off the field and oh, there's man. A g- genuine ass smile on my face man i <laughs> You know, that was a that was really, uh, really cool experience, man. So on Dante, I don't know, well, I know Delonte for sure, but Dante talked about after our senior year, there was a couple guys who were kind of getting looks as far as the NFL, there was you. Um, 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 Dante was in the conversation, Delonte, well, no, actually Delonte wasn't even in the conversation. Um, but, um, yeah, so, so what was it like uh, uh, post- our senior year as far as uh, any potential for the league? uh, What was that process like for you?
0: I mean, there was teams coming in there um, just because of Walton and Rad. So they had scouts coming in there. So they they would do some workouts with us. Um, They really weren't that concerned about what you benched and things like that. I mean, they could do that at different things. Um, I went with, I think, Brian Dunn. We got elected to an all-star game up in Cleveland, Ohio, which was really a combine tryout for the CFL. So we went to that all-star game, played in that, had a combine in there, did okay. I was still lingering from a lot of injuries and things like that. I mean, but I played all the offensive line positions. You know, I did show my versatility, did okay. Um, NFL came and went, didn't really happen. Uh, CFL, the Hamilton Tigers um, were talking to me a lot. They wanted to sign me now with CFL, they can only bring in or sign so many American born players. So what they do is they traditionally take the um, more athletic positions, right? Wide receivers, running backs, quarterbacks, things like that. And then they saved the linemen for Canadian board, uh, Canadian-based players. So, And um, it came down to me and someone else, and he was more of a, you know, athletic position, so they signed him instead of me. And then after that, it was sort of up in the air. didn't really know what to do.
1: Okay, cool, man. Okay, so what, what, what was life like after your career, man? What was your... What did you do as far as job, career? What you, were your next steps?
0: <laughs> well, I still, I mean, because I was, I did sports year round for so two division one sports year round, you know, I still had an extra semester of school because I just couldn't take the full loads I had to. So I had one more semester, I had to come back for the fall. So, I mean, to graduate in four and a half years, playing two division one sports is not bad. So I had to do that. So coach Walton knew that. So he called me and asked me if I wouldn't mind helping coach so i was like sure gonna be there anyways might as well just help out coach so i helped out um with don walters on the offensive line coach so i did everything i did practiced with the team did all that stuff um and that was my first taste of coaching um Sydney came and went in 1998. It was a big transition, right? From 97, 98, there was a lot of players. You know, Joe DiMaria was a lifetime backup. Started his first game through four interceptions against Buffalo State. Enter Tim Levchek, rest is history. You know, and then we had a lot of young players in there. We had I had Hank, you know, I was coaching with Hank. So, you know, it was a nice sort of thing. Playing with Hank, bringing him along, coaching him, helping him along his way. Um, <clears throat> and then fitting pieces in there. And then... Um, Ninety-eight came and went. They won the NEC again, you know, but went four, four and six. But you know, only lost one game in the conference. But um, you know, it was a it was a learning experience for those players coming in for that transition. You know, they're finding their identity. You know, they had guys like Horse, Chris Young, Riff, guys really trying to find their niche. You know, Nick Nick Down started, and now he's he's the leader of the defensive backs. You know, Smoke was making a transition. Tomorrow. Cutler was making a tra- transition into starting roles so these guys were trying to figure out exactly what it takes and you know they, they you know they, they lost some tough games and then I remember in <clears throat> 1999 we go in that season we get another call from Coach Ball and he goes hey you wanted to offer me a GA position if I wanted to get my masters I was like free education why not so in for 1999 um you know, I come into camp and, um, actually, just actually, because I was going to be a GA, you know, I stayed that spring because they moved me into the little apartment dorms or whatever, and mean I was able to start my master's right away, and then I was able to recruit guys, bring players in, <coughs> and we could go through in terms of who brought in who, you know, but, you know, I think one of my best players. I mean, there's Kevin Wallhouse. That was a four-year starter. There's an offensive lineman. I got him away from Lehigh and things like that. Um but Sammy D. I recruited Sammy D and <clears throat> so Ooh. I was able I was able to land Sammy D to Robert Moore. So um, Oh, Cleary, you
1: know this recruiting conversation is going to be a lot of fun. Now, oh. if you got Sammy D, that's that's a big one. That is a that's a Hall of Famer all-timer. So oh, I yeah. I I, I you ooh, okay good I can't, oh, okay hey bow down okay we go we, we 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 not gonna jump right into it brother we not gonna jump right. right into it not yet not yet not yet so oh I got some I got some
0: funny funny recruiting stories man just
1: oh yeah we go we gonna ask yeah that's gonna be fun that's gonna be fun but uh, uh so here's something oh man I'm trying to keep my phone up. But right. here's something that I hear a lot from the 98 uh, the 98 team, with Reggie and them freshman year was. I keep hearing people say that is one of the most talented teams oh. in Robert Moore's history as far as that 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 98 team. What, what was your what's your thoughts on that as a person comparing it to us and, <clears throat> and what you saw of that 98 team and and though they didn't win a lot of games, what what, what was the talent like? Talent? I mean, if you look if you look at the talent
0: there shouldn't have been a any drop off from 97 to 98 and whether these guys want to hear it or not uh, it, it, maybe the expectations were too big for them or too too much to grasp and maybe the coaches expected too much for them too fast and put them in situations not to be successful right we were still learning what reggie could do for example reggie was unbelievable at being an athlete was he a great outside linebacker day one no and Reggie can come and talk to me about that, but he became a he great outside linebacker. He, w- he wouldn't he disagree. He became a great outside linebacker. Horse, great defensive end, but he wasn't that day one. These guys were thrusted in right away. So what happened was is that there's an expectation. It's it's rinse and repeat, right? It's 94 again, but now we have championship expectations. So these guys that are coming in are just going to repeat exactly what they this first class just did, which never can be re. You know, yeah, there's gonna be classes that win more games than us. There's gonna be classes that maybe win more championships than us. There hasn't been, but just saying that, you know, I think the expectations for this class coming in, which is so high and everybody wanted to knock off Robert Morris. You gotta realize that a lot of teams we played had four years of getting their ass kicked by Robert Morris. Now it's their turn to kick their ass. And sometimes it, it did happen and they lost a lot of close games. Four and six is nothing four and six with the NEC conference championship is nothing to smirk at. But if you look at the wins and losses, they lost a lot of close games. And probably, you know, you have a first-time quarterback. You know, let's let's talk about Tim Levchak. We want to talk about the defense. Outstanding athletes all over the place. Granted, outstanding. You had a quarterback that played wing-t offense. That was like an option quarterback like Nate 9. That is thrusted at halftime in his first game ever. As a starting quarterback, he's 6'6, 220 pounds, cannon for an arm, didn't know what to do. You know, he's 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 reacting to what he's seen instead of throwing to what he's reading. There's a huge difference as a quarterback. You know, he's reacting, and when you react, it's too late. They can recover. Opio Gary's coming into his own, right? Opio Gary's coming into that next realm of being in that next. Big wide receiver, right? Who's going to replace Delonte? Who's going to be our, our burner?
1: Dante Settles. We don't know what the hell to do with this athlete, all right? Yeah, man. We
0: had him at running back. We had him at, you know, wide receiver. And and, and I will, if it's not for Delonte Settles, and I know Joe Austin made that interception, and the defense played great against Dayton that first time we ever played. If it's not for Dante Settles and his athleticism and what we asked him to do in that game, he went from wide receiver to running back. And if he did not do that and was able to take on that, we don't win that game.
1: And hey, that's the kind man. of athlete,
0: that's the kind of athletes they had to transition. You got to understand is from 97, you know, from 94 to 95, we, we were shoehorned in like, right? Clear is not a quarterback. He's a lineman. You can play in different positions. There we go. But you have players like Dante Settles, like he's a wide receiver. He can play running back. He could be a returner. He did it. What the hell do we do? Reggie, he can rush. Of course he can rush. Young is a monster in the middle. What do we do with these guys? And the transition that people don't understand was, this is when Rad changed the defense.
1: Mm, very true. Yeah.
0: We went from a 4-3 base defense to a 3-4 because of the athleticism we had linebackers. Yep. You had Brad Miller, and you had Reggie Chambers on the outside. All right, You had Riff in the middle, and I forget who. I think we moved OC into the middle because he got hurt in camp. So... Now you have an outside linebacker who had success with Robert Morris, 96, 97, you know, some of 96, also 97. Now we thrusted him into the middle. Now we have Riff, and now we're playing a brand new defense too. So we're trying to take four three calls, turn them into three four calls because we're trying to put the best athletes on the field. So our defense was also adjusting as well. So a lot of people don't remember that. That was a huge transition year. 1998 was a huge transition year for Robert Morris football, not just with the players coming in, but strategically what we were trying to do. And 99 was even more. And I'll go into that in a second. With some, yeah. one, based on one player I brought in. I'm going to take credit for this guy, too. One player go ahead, I brought Let's
1: in. go to 99, because, 90, again, 98 was the shaky year. Those guys yep. are new. So let's go to 99, because 99 is uh, the na- uh, national championship year. Yep. Uh, uh you got eight and two or nine and two, I believe, something like that. Nine and two, so, yeah. Yeah, what was special about the 99
0: team? So 99, we, we started putting the pieces together, left checks back in there. You know, we have Sammy D in there, we have Swalford and Nick down da- Nick Daniels in the fullback. So a nice one-two punch of fullback, athletic guys, good tight ends. Brent Hockenberry in there, you know, who's a true freshman, set all kinds of records. Um, he's now executive chef. You know, it's good to see the young man, you know, turn his life around. so yeah. proud of what he's doing. So, I mean, all the pieces are in place, right? So prior to the 1999 season, I decided that I, based on people I know, I'm going to recruit New York. So I go on a road trip. And I decide, like, I'm going to take a school car. I'm going to go up to New York. So I talk to Smoke. Where should I go? Well, he's like, first, you got to go to Alex Martin. You got to go to my school. You got to go see that. I'm like, okay. So I'm in the middle of Queens. And it's Mauro Mons and I. There was a coach as, as, as well there. So we're driving around. It's at night. We're looking for a hotel. There's no cell phones. There's no GPS. We don't know where the hell we're going. Just driving in the middle of Queens. We get to Jamaica Avenue, which is a no-no that you don't go to at night. We asked this guy at Jamaica Avenue, where do you go? He's like, get the fuck out of here. Just go. Get that. Get, you shouldn't be here. because He's like, you look like narcs. Get out of here. So long story short, we found the hotel. Next morning, we went to August Martin. Walked in there, never seen a school like this before where they had metal detectors, everybody's waiting outside. Went through there, talked to their coach, talked smoke up, obviously. And I remember that they're like, oh, we'll bring in some of the players and talk to you coaches. We're like, all right, so we're in the coach's office and we're watching films. And in walks this kid. He's like six foot four. He's like 220 pounds. I'm like, what is he doing in here? He's like, I want you to meet Leon Williams. He's a freshman, middle linebacker. He went down i think he played at university of miami yep i was like this kid's a freshman he looks like a man i was like hey robert morris we're you know this, and i'm trying to recruit him away i'm like come on he already has division one offers I'm like no way so we try to get kids at august martin and the coach talked to us he goes hey here's a couple of schools you want to go hit in the area start start at canarsie i'm like okay where's that at? he's like go to canarsie i'm like okay so we go to the school Front doors are locked, right? It's like the Lean on Me movie. All the doors are locked. You can't get in, right? I, how, how do you get in these schools? I don't know what to do. So we start walking around the building. Walk around and we see kids coming out of this side door. I'm like, okay. Side door is open. So we walk in. Mara Mons and I, two white guys in the school in Queens, in Canarsie, walk in through the hallways. And the class is let out. So we are obviously look like we don't belong. And then all of a sudden, Cops come running at us and they stop us. What are you doing here? We're like, oh my God, we are we got through this door and things like that. So they had to check us in, get our ID and stuff like that. Long story short, that's where I recruited Sean Martin. So Sean Martin Ooh. was there. Sean Martin, uh, this kid's highlight tape. Oh, I'm like, why aren't you at like Syracuse? You're the next Donovan McNabb. What is going on? Like, but no one was recruiting this kid. I'm like, come down to Pittsburgh. Let me show you around. And so we got, we got Sean Martin there now fast forward to 1999 we were doing well and um there was a little bit of struggles on offense we weren't as crisp and i remember sitting down with walton in the common area with the coaches and he says do we replace lepcheck with sean martin and go with a more off with a more option offense for sean i was like well let me draw you sort of what the option would look like and how we'd probably block it rad and i were saying this is how we'd block it, things like that so walton was actually debating on putting sean martin in at quarterback to change the entire offense to make it more option based for sean but he didn't so what he did was he kept sean as sort of like the backup quarterback because mara Mons and i ran the jv team that's when they still had jv games so what we do is we would go we call it jet formation so we'd say jet formation three wide receivers one back and we tell Sean, like, drop back to and just take off run, like quarterback draw. And he run for eighty yards. No one could touch him. And I'm like, and Coach Wall would we'll watch the film. like, my God, how do we get this kid on the in the field? So we we found a home for him at wide receiver. We do a lot of plays for him. But yeah, and then offensive line was gelling, everybody's gelling. Defense was really coming together, right? They made that adjustment to three four. That's when, you know, Albany started coming in the conference, things like that, and they started whipping up on them. Um so yeah, ninety-nine was a great year. Um, still couldn't be Dayton, but you know it was a great year.
1: Yeah, man. And let me say about that '99 year, man. Just looking at the data, I think that's the best offensive uh, statistical year in Robert Moore's history is the '99 year. Um, they put up some some Nintendo Tech Mobile numbers on offense, and uh, especially offense. Offense yeah. has some all time records as a as a, a unit that that's going to stand up for a while, man. So they win that national championship. So uh, 2000, man, we come in, GA, I'm a GA. One day I'll I'll tell you all the story of how I end up becoming a GA. Absolutely hilarious. (laughs) Absolutely hilarious. But yeah, man, come in 2000 from Philly, working at Glen Mills schools. Uh, uh, Deshaun tells me about an opportunity. Shout out to Deshaun Henry, my roommate. Uh, we get, uh, 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 I, I end up being a GA, Robert Morris. And uh, I remember uh, uh, you, uh, you're the first person I saw coming off the highway. <laughs> I literally came off the highway, parked my car. You say, Mo, we gotta check kids in. Here's your list, be over here. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck, already? <laughs> I, ain't, I just got just off the road. And I just remember going through that process, man. But then when we got on the field i remember practice and again i'm adjust i'm learning so i'm coming in uh, um, all i know is what what we used to be and this is a whole different type of swag that i ain't never seen in robert in, as it relates to us and i promise to god i thought in 2000 i said we might win three games not because of talent because i thought that we were going to self-sabotage because the defense was so loose, like it was like nothing like us. They were on a whole nother level, and they they slowly but surely I learned that lesson real quick. Like, oh this this team is special, man. What do you remember about the two thousand team,
0: man? Uh, I just uh, I was blessed to to coach what I think is NFL type size of players on the offensive line. You know, <clears throat> I had uh, Pat Lindbergh, six foot five, on the left tackle. I had Kevin Walhouse. that was a true freshman that I recruited. He was six foot four. Mark Leonard was six foot four at center. Adam Sowers was probably six, two, six, three. Then I had Scott Konchak, who was six, eight. Um, So I had a beast of an offensive line that, you know, took me time to get them to all believe in themselves, but really, really good. I mean, I mean, there was times where, you know, we would do nine on seven and as a, as a coach, I started to get more responsibilities with Walton. So um there was a time i don't know if it was 98 or 99 walton got really really sick um and he missed camp so rad would run a lot of the meetings overall but he would just say okay here break up that's what rad would do and then what we would do is as a staff is put in sort of like the offense so uh, we became sort of like co-offensive coordinators all through camp to really start making sure we align to Coach Walton's schedule, what needs to be implemented in so, but we, I, I just remember like in in 2000, I, I started becoming more comfortable. I started getting more, you know, being able to call plays for nine on seven and things like that, running more a little bit of the show. Walton gave me a little bit more range, and I just always remember like in nine on seven, if I didn't like somebody on on defense, <laughs> I'm like he's running his mouth. I'm like Leonard, go! I'm like Leonard, go, like, Leonar, go go shut him up. I'm like, and I'm like, all right, <clears throat> I'd be like, all right, uh, flank right, P10, Leonard, shut him up. And I'm like, I'm doing it on a quick count. And then they, they'd break the huddle and then they would go on first sound and Leonard would just destroy this kid. I'm like, thank you. All right, let's 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 get back to what we're doing here. We're gonna, cause it wouldn't be part of the game plan, but I would just want to shut someone up who's talking. You can't block me, but I'm like, all right, you're, you're done. I can't, I can't hit you anymore, but you're done. Uh, but it's, it's, oh my God, this just remind me of something. When did Coach Cole coach? Is that
1: 1995? No, Coach broke. Cole was our, our Nin- junior year. So
0: I'll never forget this. And this was the difference between having an NFL type of coach versus a high school type of a coach or whatever. I remember we were doing nine on seven in camp. And Coach Cole would love to lift with us afterwards and things like that. And he was still just as strong as ever. But I remember him doing nine on seven and he was taking a young linebacker and I'm out, you know, watching everything. And he's he's telling uh, uh, a young linebacker how to play stack and, you know, what to read. What is your keys and how you should do it? And he goes, okay, off. and he tells the offense, offense, go into the huddle, call your play because I'm going to play linebacker. I'm just going to run the thud. If you're coming to block me, just stand in front of me. I won't do anything. So no big deal. Well, they call a play and for some reason robin cole reads it full on tackles the kid in the backfield 100 miles an hour i'm like oh my god gets up starts screaming i'm like what is going on here and that's and he's still wired like a player he saw it and just reacted and he looked at the kid he's like that's how you have to play read your keys and go he's like don't read your keys and stay in the watch because then someone's gonna come and i was like whoo but that just reminded me of that story. It's just like I wanted to tell you that earlier. But, like, did you said Coach Cole is going to be on. But, yeah, he was a different level coach
1: for that. Hey, but yeah, thanks for saying that, man. Shout out to Robin Cole Sr., yep. my position coach, my junior Woo. year, um, who was one of the scariest human beings as far especially <laughs> in practice because if he decided to show you something and said, like, come here, let me show you something you knew you about to feel something some kind of pain because Mm -hmm. he would physically show you And if it's a slap or something he's going to do it to you and it hurt every single time (laughs) oh my god like coach no just show me coach you ain't gotta show me show me just show me talk talk me through it yeah talk me through it coach god all your hands are rough Yeah, yeah man shout out to coach Cole
0: Yeah, but going back to that two thousand team, I mean, they they were special young men. They were coming into themselves as we did in ninety seven. We didn't have the record to back it up, but you know them going to do. uh, Excuse me, Dayton and winning at Dayton, going undefeated. They played a very talented Sacred Heart team on the road and beat them. So, I mean, there was a a lot that fell into place for them, but they earned it. You know, they had a lot of tests, and you know you can look at their wins and losses and seeing that they blew out some teams and maybe the teams weren't as good as they were before but that's sometimes the most difficult part is playing those teams that aren't as good and playing down to their level and They may continue to play at a very high level for every single game so my hat's off to them to have the only undefeated team out there now we have playful banner on Facebook and things like that in terms of who's the best defense who's the right. best team and you can't knock them because you, when you look at the best team you got to go by record so alright they're undefeated All right, they won a championship, but you know, '96 defense still had better stats. You know, with all, it's always playful banner, right? And if we all get together, we always, you know, talk about that. But you can't take anything away from them. They had an unbelievable year from '99 because they won so many games. I think they went 0 and 2 to start '99, then they won nine straight, then they went all the way through. Undefeated in 2000. I mean, so they had a heck of a winning streak, and you know there there was some times there. I mean, I think in maybe 2000, or it might have been, might have been 99. I'd have to I'd have to go back and look. There was a play that we lo- we won on the last second touchdown pass to JD Kirk from a backup quarterback. Um, that was 99. Steve, yeah, Steve 99. Tryon, yep. Steve Tryon threw a last second touchdown pass to. You know JT Kirk in the corner of the end zone, and uh, jumped up and, and ripped it down. And um, the the most you know California swag, laid Ooh. back, don't mess with him. He was the Robert Morris version of sunshine from, you know, remember the Titans. All that swag, just yep. He catch everything, and he would fall down so you couldn't hit him, and then he would make you miss. And it just yep. hands of glue, man. J.T. Kirk, just unbelievable. It never gets his dudes, right? Because he had Opio, who was big time and, and running, and then you had you know Sammy D. You had, I mean, there was so much talent on offense. Probably one of the most top to bottom, probably one of the best talented group of offensive players we've ever had.
1: Yeah, as I heard that too, man. Yeah, shout out, man, to uh, you know uh, my man. You know, uh, just like you said, he 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 was special, man he was special and i just want to
0: you know they we recruited and replicated certain things that worked well for us so we talked about in 96 and 97 the one-two punch with archie and ralph now archie was the go-to guy and things like that we created the one-two punch again in 99 and 2000 sammy d donald dorsey so we had these guys from california we had chris bean Donald Dorsey and JT Kirk. And we had a one-two punch with Donald Dorsey and Sammy D, which just drove everybody off the wall. So if Tim was having an off day or if everybody wants to play loose coverage and not putting up guys in a box, here comes Sammy D or here comes Donald Dorsey, and they're gone. So it was a nightmare for teams to go against us. And it was just the same formula. It just took time offensively to get the guys in the right position and get the right players there. So you had JT Kirk who caught everything. Who did he remind me of? Freddie P. Caught everything. Great route runner delante perkins speed guy can take a play and go 80 yards anytime opio m- might have been a little bit slower but still very dynamic offensive line was cemented great quarterback and then you had that one two punch the running backs i mean it, it it all came together for coach Walton. and then defense what you guys did three four and all that talent all that swagger i mean uh, riff would just talk so much shit to everybody <laughs> i mean just i mean the stories, if you know Jamon Riff and what he came up through and his background and coming here as a quarterback, as a prop, didn't know what to do, then found his home at linebacker and then had to replace Nate List at middle linebacker. I mean, come on, the pressure he had to face and what he did was just astounding for someone that was making that transition. So, I mean, to that defense, that, I mean, it was just, again, we, we look at our my first four years is a special group because we started it but i couldn't think of a better next four years of guys to take over the reins and really help again continue to progress this program to where it is today because if it is not that first four years into the next four years they're not in the big south right now they're not right. full scholarship so nope. those guys are just as much responsible for this program as we are
1: Again, first, shout out to the first two generations of Robert Morris football. Um, they they will always hold a special place in history because, you know, with those two generations, within those two generations, man, we're talking about two national championships, five conference championships, All-Americans, literally solidifying the program and, and making a, a very clear statement of what Robert Morris football was. Mm-hmm. And, and those two, uh, first two generations is why the program is what it is today. Uh, and, uh, yeah. and, and if
0: you think about it, in those first eight years, I mean, you had at least, at least off the top of my head, and I could be missing people, four guys in the NFL. Tim Hall drafted, Delonte Perkins with the Packers, Hank with his yep. outstanding career, and then Tim Lefkowitz was with the Miami Dolphins for a while. You know, yeah. so he had opportunities as well, too. Now, I could be missing some people, and I apologize if I miss anybody that had opportunities. But those are the four. I mean, to think of eight years of a program that's first existing and you already had four guys in the NFL. I mean, that's that's taking identifying talent, developing talent, putting them in the right position to be successful. And, and not saying that someone like Tim Levchak had an easy time every single game, that he had to learn and grow, made mistakes, things like that, you know. You know, I, a funny story about Tim Levchak and Coach Walton. We were playing at St. Francis. We ended up beating them like sixty-six nothing. But we started the game. Tim was sluggish. Tim like threw an interception, and it was cold. So Tim went over, got gloves from someone, and Coach Walton looked at him, gave him the look, like looked at, looked up at him because he's short, looked down at his gloves, and he looked back up. He goes, "You take those goddamn gloves and you stick them up your ass." And he walked away because he thought he was playing. He was throwing the gloves on in the game, but he was just trying oh. to warm up his hands.
1: Right, so right, and it's right, just like, right, you know, right. and
0: again, Levcheck's not a rah-rah guy. He's not a, you know, I'm going to get you type of guy where I would be like, okay, watch. I'm going to get a personal foul now because of you. I'm going to go rip someone's head off. He just, you know, goes out there, throws five touchdown passes, and the rest is history. You know, that's just how Levcheck was. But you couldn't tell anything. Like, I would, funny story about Reggie, and, <laughs> and he still calls me out to this, to this day, and God loved him. This is how special not only our team was, but that team was too. I was a special teams coach. We're playing up at Central Connecticut State, and they had the number one kick returner in the nation. And Walton said to me, do not kick it deep to this guy at all. Just kick it short, squib it, do whatever. He goes, I don't care if you kick it out of bounds. Okay. So we're up big, right? I just just called a pump block. It worked. I'm pumped. We scored. We're up like 21-0. And I'm like, all right, everybody come in here. I'm like, Coach Walton said don't kick to that guy, right? They're like, yeah. I'm like, here's what we're gonna do. I want you to kick to that guy. And we're gonna go down there. We're gonna knock that black motherfucker on his ass. Reggie's like, yeah, let's go. And then he goes, (laughs) so Reggie runs down there. No one could, and Reggie smacks the shit out of him. Gets up, he's celebrating, Reggie's in his face. Everybody's in this guy's face. Reggie comes over to me, he goes, you know how incredibly racist that was? I was like, I'm sorry, man. I was like, I was hyped up. I wanted to be out there. He goes, it worked. It worked. <laughs> and to this day, he will not let me forget that. Just because it was just like, I was so in the moment with those guys, too, because I'm still fresh from playing. And I'm like, oh, right, because right, that was would right. be the shit that I would hear from the sideline from you guys or Dante saying it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just no one cares. <laughs>
1: Right, right, man. Hey, you know what? It, it makes me go back to our, our our playing days. the story I want to tell about you. I remember when when those guys were first crossed Phi Beta Sigma, uh, they were officially in, and you were talking about p- potentially pledging the fraternity and in your interest, and you were dead ass serious too, which was hilarious. But what I remember was like I don't know. If there was a party that was that was it was about to be a party somewhere. And I remember you like, man, I, I really want to go, man. I really want to go. And, and I remember you asking Dante, like, can I, can, I, can I go to this party? And they were like, fuck yeah. You, hell yeah, you go to the party with us. And I just remember you going to one of those all-black parties on campus. And, and But you wanted to go. You know yeah. what I'm saying? you know, I want to connect with y'all. I, I want to go. And I, I remember that and watching that. I just remember sitting laughing like, Cleary's gonna have more fun than he's gonna ever imagine boy. man you, I used you, to yeah hi how, how was it partying with those guys
0: I loved it man I mean yeah I mean I remember talking to Steve Knapper about joining and what it really would take and he understood he talked to me like listen you're gonna be a target you know because you're white and it's okay like it's not meant to it's just to test you we test everybody you know because it's a brotherhood and i'm like yeah i'm like it it sounds great i'm like but uh, partying with everybody i mean it was so great i mean living next to dante delante we had so much fun and i remember one time it was probably my junior year and it was the year i think everybody was pledging i remember the door to delante and dante's room and i just walk in and like hey crazy white guys here Let's, let's have fun I remember I walked in and like Nappers there. They had guys from Pitt. They had they had other brothers from other schools there. And they all turned around. They looked at me. And Napper just grabbed me and pushed me out of the room. He's like, you, "You, get the fuck out of here! Like you just interrupted something." I'm like, "Oh shit!" Like the door was open. I didn't know. And then like everybody right. was cool about it. I was like, "Holy shit!" But the stories that like Dante told me, but some of the funnest stuff I remember is the Lick and Low Productions,
1: <laughs> and the, the,
0: the parties.
1: Oh, shit, you knew about Lickalo, huh? <laughs> Low, come on, I was sitting
0: there. So, you know, Dante would be the DJ sometimes, and then he'd hand it off to Amon and have Mon do it. So when they would see the token white boy come in, here comes Cleary, right? Ah, you know, I'm dancing with everybody, having a good time. Right. And then they knew, uh, Cleary's here, got to play Beastie Boys one time for Cleary, and then he's happy, and then say, <laughs> here we go. But uh, it was just so much fun because it was so, you know, and... You know to be able to do anything with everybody and it's not like oh we're over here you're over there and things like that it was just it was so much fun and freedom you know because a lot of us for the first time were experiencing things you know i, I like i said i went to that school in seventh grade i was the only white guy then i went to high school and there was only one black kid in the entire school he didn't play sports so it, it was a different transition and coming there where so many different people from so many different backgrounds you know um you know, guys from the Kemper, It's guys from Florida, guys from New York, you know, they all brought their own swagger, their own, you know, selves to it. And every piece of that, we took pieces of culture from everywhere to make up what Robert Morris is. And it was just something special that just happened and it just caught fire at the right time. And thankfully, we we're all being able to part of it and able to stay connected all these years. And, you know, it, telling those stories of looking Low and parties and the pubs. <laughs> And all the different stuff we used to do, you know, he the did. I don't know <laughs> if you ever were at the, if you were ever able to go to the football house when they had a football house off campus.
1: I did not know. Huh?
0: I did mm-hmm. not. So there was a fraternity. So right at the parking lot where Soul center is, there was these houses right there. One of the first houses, it was a sorority house. So we went there just to go check out the party and they go, hey, it's $5 a drink. We're like, we're not really drinking. We're just coming to hang out. They're like okay just come hang out don't drink you know if we see you drink your hand you're gonna have to pay and stuff like that so we're like all right so we're just hanging out everybody's coming up to us talk to us so some girl came up to one of the players handed her drink said, can you hold it I to the bathroom so someone's holding the drink and it's about like maybe six to eight of us like me spencer kooky jason henley a few other guys stuff like that and then all of a sudden <clears throat> i think jack whaley's there whatever but one of the fraternity guys, they, they start seeing it, the fraternity guys come over and they're like, we told you not to drink, you're going to have to pay. It's not ours, we're holding for somebody, and then someone decides to slap the drink out of that person's hand. And we're like, oh shit. So Jason Henley, who played for a couple of years and then left, grabbed somebody, threw one of the fraternity brothers through the drywall. Then we started cleaning the house, then we started fighting, we started... It was, it was. people started running, and screaming. We just started grabbing anybody we could, and it was just turning into a big brawl. Thankfully, no one got in trouble. Following year, Turney doesn't live there. I guess he lives there. Spencer, Baldino, you know, it turned into a football house. So I remember after the Butler game, home game, we go to the football house, and we're sitting there, and it was packed. Cops come, no big deal. They just want everybody to go back on campus. But just so many funny stories of the football house, I mean I always said that Jason Spencer was my rival on football field that we always went against each other. I got in so many fights with Spencer in fun ways. <laughs> like punching each other. Like right. this is this is how you know you would not do this with, you know, <laughs> Kelly Pierre, right?
1: Right, right. <laughs>
0: like standing there next to each other and seeing how hard you can hit each other in the jaw until it hurts.
1: Oh like just okay, punching okay. each other. You know. And this like is hey we, we call we call that crazy white boy shit. Yeah, and that's what we that's what we did. And then you got
0: you got that stuff where Spencer and I are doing that. We we've gotten to fights where people had to throw us in a truck and get us away. To like John Hepler hitting people in the nuts walking by you know and things like that. Just, <laughs> you walk into practice like boom there's Hepler just oh like it's just like a nut shot. I mean it's <laughs> crazy stuff like that you know.
1: You know what? Didn't, that's didn't why people think football players are crazy, man. Y'all... <laughs> oh, God. I'm just... Oh, that's too funny, man. I'm just picturing y'all doing this too, dude. Oh, Spencer, shout out to Jason Spencer. Yeah. I'm going to say uh, probably one of the, the most underrated player in Robert Moore's history in uh, future Hall of Famer. I'm going to make that stamp. He definitely will be in one day. He deserves to. Uh, but yeah, man, hey, clearly we are at, I think, three hours and 35 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I told you, baby, we breaking records. So I know. This this will not be the last. This is the first, man. So we're going to call this part one. So how would you sum up from 2000 to now as far as the program, what you see? Because we, we, we obviously, me and you have talked offline about getting more guys involved and I made mm-hmm. a promise to do my part the best way I can to, to, to help out and, and to be involved, man. So how would you sum up to guys who haven't been coming, haven't been around, man? Wh- what would you tell the guys about what the school is doing, what the team is doing, and why they need to come back?
0: Well, first of all, I mean, the easy thing is we have a stadium now on campus. So if you haven't been there, I'm sure you've seen pictures. We have our own stadium. We have our own home. And two... We, we've left the NEC. We're in the Big South. So, Monmouth had just lost to probably the top five team in the country by six points. You know, Kennesaw State, which is an unbelievable program in, in Georgia. You know, the Big South is not playing, you know, Duquesne anymore, St. Francis anymore, or Wagner. It's, it's playing these top level teams again. You know, they're growing the program. They've made it this transition. They've made this reinvestment back into football. When football had some dark years where they weren't winning at all, now they're making that big transition into the Big South. And it's only the beginning. And in a couple of years, you know, they're getting great players. You know, <clears throat> they got wide receiver from Rutgers. They got guys from other big-time schools. They're going to start getting bigger and bigger, bigger players. You know, and this is the time where you want to sort of, you know, and all the games are on ESPN+. Plus. So that's the biggest thing now. No more uh, NEC front row and things like that. You know, you want to see the team make the investment in ESPN Plus. It's a home game. You'll see my face because I'll be on ESPN TV now. Could you imagine that shit seeing this mug telling these stupid ass stories? Because I i still call him Chris Shovelin, voice of the Colonial. So I tell my job is to make his ass laugh, tell these stupid ass stories all the time. I can't wait till ESPN sort of calls me and tells me to stop saying stuff like I, you know. I, that I should be saying and call the game right down the <laughs> middle, but it's, it's a great opportunity, right? And, you know, a lot of guys can't make it to the games. I understand that. Look at the schedule. See if there's something by you. If there is, reach out to the athletic director, Chris King, and just say, hey, I'm from Virginia. I'm from Maryland. I live down in the South. Can I come to the game? How do I go about getting tickets? They'll, they'll work with you. They'll actually probably take you out for happy hour because they, they, they do that stuff when, you know, when we played at the University of Buffalo, they had a big, rented out a huge area for wings, you know, at, at a restaurant and, you know, they're, they're trying to make it bigger and grander. And so I know it's hard to come to homecoming every year and it's, it's hard because I don't really run homecoming as much as I used to because of the commitment out to the radio and broadcasting, you know, but there's no reason not to be proud of what you accomplished. And what you achieved in robert morris no matter if you were a starter or not we talked about guys that were just as important as us the trevor langs the twins lonnie things that those guys that built the championship program just as much as us that were on the field if we wouldn't have been successful if it wasn't for those guys and those guys that hopefully are hearing this that maybe didn't play as much they thought they should have but stuck it out you're just as important as the starters realize that and be proud of that because they don't give a shit if you are a starter or not, if you want a championship, you're still a part of that championship team. So be proud of that, and be and I tell these guys today: be proud that you're you're rewriting Robert Morris football right now. We didn't have scholarships. Then we went to partial scholarships. Now we're going to full scholarships, where everybody's going to be. Now, you know, there's you know we're playing West Virginia soon. We're playing Air Force. You know, we're playing some really big teams. Where we're going to be making the money probably. Hopefully be competitive with them, but you know, some money games, we were going to go to Hawaii, but COVID hit, we couldn't go to Hawaii. So, you know, there's going to be opportunities be proud of that. Wear your swag, wear your gear, tell the stories and get involved. And I'm not trying to publicize it and say shit, like give money to be involved. No, just come to a game, support the team, reach out to the players, retweet stuff, you know, be a part of the alumni group. That's all you have to do. And everything will fall into place. You know, you don't have to worry about dollars and cents right now. Just be a fan and you know have that pride again back in robert morris and you know enjoy it these guys are going to do amazing things
1: yes sir man again man i think Cleary uh, brian said some very powerful things man fellas again i'm gonna i'm recommitting to the university um and this podcast was my interesting and unique way to do so um uh, but you know yeah that's our institution you know what i'm saying for better for worse um, we, we we made it that's our program and uh you know please uh, uh come back and and look at what you invested in and reap the benefits from it so I'm looking forward to seeing all these new buildings that I'm hearing about
0: yeah.
1: and these new because uh, you know James Noel said when he was getting his uh induction to the Hall of Fame he like this is not the school I knew and yep. I'm like shoot I've been gone way longer than you so I can't imagine uh, the changes that have taken place, man. So I am looking forward to that.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I'm because I went I, to the,
1: yeah.
0: I went to James's introduction in the Hall of Fame and saw him the next That's right. basketball That's game. Right. That's you right. know, because I I talked to him and you know just let him know how proud I am of him. You know, just because of what he achieved and you know where he came from as well, right? Because I knew his story coming in and what he did on the football field is it, just amazing. He's <laughs> he shouldn't have been a Robert Morris <laughs> he's that talented yeah it yeah, was crazy yeah, yeah. Um, we were very blessed to get him um, but he was blown away him and I were talking because we were walking through the events at the UPMC events at the brand new basketball so he was just like, this is amazing I'm like yeah I'm like I know it's like this is the basketball team started winning they want to get bigger and better they know that they can't do that with the facilities they had they made the investment now they moved up and it's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger so um, yeah I mean it's, it's only a matter of time before Robert Morris plays Pitt in football so, yeah, Ooh. trust me, that's it's only a matter of time. Though.
1: Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Ooh, we, that's gonna be a hell of a game. Too, and then,
0: and, and so like... that that'll be sort of a fun thing where we just sort of put a, a collective message out there, like, let's go. You you want to? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, Robert Morris home against whoever for homecoming. Yeah, but this is pit. We can all go to you. You know. Heinz Field and tailgate and have fun. I'll probably got to call the game, but I'll try to get off. I mean, who knows? But still, it'd be a great atmosphere for everybody. If not, Absolutely. we'll just drive down. We'll just drive down to Tennessee and have a little low party down there with you.
1: Hey, Ain't <laughs> <laughs> hey, no little low parties up here. <laughs> but, but yeah, I'm glad you said that. Like I said, man, uh, 2022 Robert Morris University reunion. Smoky Mountains, man. I'm working on some stuff as we speak. Kayaking, paddleboarding, uh, uh, some of the most beautiful spots in the country, man. So uh, give us an opportunity to get together, man. But also, like I said, sure, when they do that event for Rad, definitely going to be there. All the makeup events, you know, um, do my best. And then with the Big South uh, 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 schedule, I'm close to a lot of those spots. Oh, so, yeah, you, you are. my Yes, sir. So me and my wife already committed to uh, attending. But you know what, man? We got to end on a, a, a fun note, man. Let's okay. go ahead and recruit. Let's go recruit for recruit, homie. All let's right. go recruit for good. So you already said one of yours. We are gonna go say, uh, Hall of Famer Sammy D. Shout out Sammy D. That's that's a that's a that's a big, big trump card right there. Okay. Hey, James Noel. All right. Uh, let's
0: see. I mean, I can I, throw some, you know. I'll say Kevin Wallhouse four-year starter, All American uh, offensive line.
1: Okay, uh, 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 I'm, I'm I'm just I'm I'm gonna go an easy one. I'm gonna go an underhand. Steve McNair, two two thousand two All American.
0: Vladimir St. Cern.
1: Okay, <laughs> Doctor okay, Vlad. Okay. Doctor Vlad. Dr. Excuse me. The Black Russian. I can't wait. He got his. Uh, can't wait to put his interview out. Shout out to Doctor <laughs> the Black Russian, Black Doctor uh, Vladimir St. Cyrin. Uh, okay. See uh, uh, again. See, I, I, I gave you uh, uh, Taiwan Massey, Hall of Famer. Mm. Hall of Famer.
0: Oh, let me think here. There's been so many guys. I'm trying to think. <laughs> it's so, uh, I think. Could be wrong. I think I got Brent Hockenberry, but he only stayed for a couple of years. But he rewrote all the all right. records, so you know.
1: Hey, if that's Hawk a, it's, yours, that's a big one.
0: Yeah, I think Hawk that's, was mine.
1: Okay, okay. Hey, I, I, if you if, if he's yours, I, I hope that ain't Robin Cole's recruit. But uh, no, you say, yours? I'm, 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 you say I, yours? I think
0: so. Yeah. No, no,
1: that's two thousand. You're right. You're two. Yeah. Yeah. That's two thousand. So you might it might be yours. Might be yours. Hey, I, I got a, I got I'm gonna throw another underhand. Four years starter, Clifton Jean Jacques.
0: See so you. All right, you got me. All right, you got me. Hey, right, you, got me.
1: <laughs> hey you know what i going go do? I'm gonna but, throw but. one of your offensive linemen at you, Greg Hartice, linebacker to guard.
0: <laughs> I'd have to go back to. i have to go back through my. i I'd have to go back through the rosters and look to say like I recruited this guy, I recruited this guy, and things
1: like that. But I don't know. I I leave and end with Sammy D. He broke Tim Hall's record. Hey, bro. Yeah, you got. I'm telling you, that's a big one. That that's a trump card. You got Sammy D. and Hockenberry. That's 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 legit for sure, man. Uh, but yeah, man. Hey, Brian Cleary, Robert Morris University Athletic Hall of Fame, ESPN Plus <laughs> analyst. Let me say that again, gentlemen. Breaking news, ESPN Plus. Robert Morris University Analyst.
0: That's right, baby. You know what I'm
1: saying? And so so uh, look for a And Brian, please tell them what you said about me as far as if guys are tuning in, text you, you know, you'll give them a shout out during the game.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Especially, like, let, let's, l- let me make sure I'm crystal clear about this. If it's a home game and I'm on ESPN, it's going to be difficult because I'm under the protocols of ESPN and things like that. But if it's an away game, hell yeah, text me. Sit there and just drop, drop me a text, shoot me a tweet. I throw names out all the time, like for example, like one of the first games we played, like John Hepler was texting me during the entire game, and our running back, uh, running back broke it and got caught from behind. I'm like, he's out there running just as slow as John Hepler,
1: you know? And he's like,
0: <laughs> really? That's what you say about me? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not gonna put you on a pedestal, but I, I'm gonna call your name out and things like that. Have fun. So, you yeah, know, if I'm- you're if you're listening you want my number, hit me up on Facebook. I'll be happy to give you my cell phone. You can shoot me a message on Facebook. You can shoot me a tweet. You know, you're happy to drop names at any given time. I'll figure out how to put you in there. Um, I used to do it with my friends all the time to make them think that they were players on the other team. So, like, I'm like, oh, my God, this guy. This guy, you know, I haven't seen a good linebacker for Sacred Heart since this guy, John Smith, and be my buddy who never played football, but just make up the name right, just so he can right, hear himself right. on the radio. So, yeah, <laughs> drop me a message. I'll, I'll give you a shout out. I mean, we're uh, you know, anytime, anytime.
1: Cool, cool, man. Hey, Brian Cleary, my brother, I appreciate you, man. This is part one. <laughs> we absolutely, we'll be doing this again. We broke an all time record as far as time and uh you know probably gonna break it again one day so again my brother i appreciate you man
0: man brother i appreciate you man hope all as well and thank you man for the time to tell the stories i love sharing
1: the laughs with you i
0: you're doing a great job i love the podcast man
1: appreciate you bro brian cleary hall of famer have a good one my brother
0: all right man much love
1: yes sir